Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sisters, we are building a school. That is right. We are partnering with Nguvu to build the Bright Future Academy School in Tamale, Ghana. Nguvu is the Swahili word for strength. And Nguvu Foundation aims to serve underprivileged communities in Ghana by partnering with over 1,500 women to pick and produce shea butter and its byproducts, providing them with fair pay and opportunities to support their families. These women are truly strong, capable and productive. However, sisters, we want to support them with a challenge that they face daily. Let us explain. These women are often the sole caretakers and breadwinners of their families. And due to the predominance of poverty, they do not have access to nurseries or can provide some kind of care provision for their children whilst they work. So we are building the Bright Future Academy, which is a free preschool that will provide a safe environment and a high quality education for the children of these hardworking women. Our aim is to raise 10000 pounds in the next six months to be able to build, furnish, staff and open this school in early 2024. And we need your help to do that. So please, please donate. And you can always find out more information over at twomysisters.com or in the YouTube description or in our show notes. Help us to support our sisters in Tamale by providing their children with a quality education and a bright future. Yet again, another trend on the social media. This is the perfect example of using the master's tools to dismantle the master's Exactly. Apps. Who are we allowing to impact our purchasing 100%. power? How far are we actually going to go with this thing? The human need for social acceptance has gone so, so far. far. The difference between OnlyFans and Patreon is literally just branding. Hello and welcome to the Two My Sisters podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Renee and we are your online sisters and hosts of the Two My Sisters podcast. We are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters around the world. And in today's episode, we're going to be having a conversation on de-influencing, overconsumption, and quiet luxury. Quiet, quiet, it's not gaudy, it's not outlandish, it's quiet, it's quiet. silent, if you will, allegedly. <laughs> um, but before we do that, sisters, as usual, we have... <laughs> We ain't even started. We started with our cackling. Before we get into it, we do have a couple of housekeeping notes. Yes, yes, yes. So the first is, as we stated in our last episode, and as we have been stating all over social media, Mm. we are building a school. The Bright Future Academy. Absolutely. We are building the Bright Future Academy in partnership with Nguvu Foundation up in Tamale in Ghana. (laughs) So if you're, you know me, every time I say Ghana, my God, there's a very, there is a, a really really soft place in my heart for Ghana much less because my bestie is from Ghana but the work that we are doing there and the bright young women as well Mm. see what I did there (laughs) the bright young women over there as well definitely need an opportunity to thrive so it is our passion project but it also is our project of the year it is something that we are working on nattering away on so sisters we would appreciate if you would galvanize get behind us 
donate anything that you can if there's any organizations that you can plug mm. us with we would really appreciate any introductions mm. any forwarding just any work that we can do to make this a real thing to make right. this a building to make this an opportunity that the young women that are working with Nguvu can really benefit from yeah. we definitely appreciate it and thank you to everybody that has supported us so far. far we love 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 and it's always so beautiful to see the outpouring of love that we get here at to my sisters it really is home and it just is so so beautiful we are so honored we thank you we honor you but let's keep those efforts going let's get that 10k come on 10,000 you know what i'm saying 10 bags 10 bags um so thank you for all the love and support and please continue to support us honestly sisters thank you so so much the next housekeeping is tms international experiences if you want to come to brunch with us in new orleans then you can during essence festival weekend we are going to be in nola okay Not in nola. <laughs> we're going to be enjoying all that essence weekend has to offer and we would love to meet some of the sisters who are there if you're in a state you're nearby why not fly over. over have a good weekend enjoy the good vibes we are going to be there the whole of essence festival weekend but we are having our brunch on the 1st of july so if you would like to come and celebrate with us grab your ticket now if you would like to travel with us on a restful replenishing sisterhood filled trip to bali indonesia then you need to sign up to the Barney trip, baby. Okay. We are coming in clutch by curating amazing experiences for you whilst we are out there, as well as providing you with a group of like-minded, amazing, glowing and growing women who want to do sisterhood with you in real life. So if you would want to travel with a group of amazing women, including us, then you can sign up to join our Bali experience and our Bali girls trip using the link in our description as well. And last but not least during february 2024 aka the month of renee aka birthday month extravaganza we are going to be in south africa i'm a piano babes i'll save the meow for yeah, no. <laughs> i know some people are sick of it some people clicked off they said fast forward <laughs> y'all been meowing for four for weeks but all is well you'll hear much of it when you join you us will. in south africa will, okay will, so if you want to come to south africa with us and experience the rich culture connect with the sisterhood the massive sisterhood that is out there as well as make memories with us and come to our first international live show then you need to sign up to the south africa experience okay all the information the prices the dates the itinerary can be found on the sorted chalet website shout out to our girls over at sorted chalet who are making all of this click clack and work we cannot wait to experience the world with you all we absolutely love it so now that our house is kept our house is swept and we're ready for you to sit down with a hot glass of tea chai coffee whatever it is you prefer at this time because you know there's some sisters listening right now it's morning and there's some sisters listening right now and it is very much time to go to sleep so hopefully we can talk our way and talk you into a beautiful blissful sleep but before then (laughs) really trying to see where you're going with that one i was was gonna say i was getting into my jerry springer vibe but Mm, oh rest in peace yeah yeah yeah. jerry i know jerry child um (laughs) But before we get into that, we have a ding, ding, ding. Dilemma. Hey, sisters. Hey, babe. Love from South Africa. Hey, come on. 
We'll see you down what there. What do you February. know? What do you know? Okay. I can't wait to hopefully see you guys next year. Yeah. Anyways, here's the gist. Yeah, what's up? I've been with my boyfriend for about three, four months, and I honestly don't see myself with anyone else. A little context, we're both in university. I'm 21 and he's 23. So we're fairly young, but as a Christian and someone who dates with intent, I think or rather thought he was husband material. After listening to the episode with your friend Zoe, I've been thinking and reflecting about whether or not I'm ignoring fundamentals and red flags because I want this to work. Mm. So basically, my boyfriend and I come from very, very different economical backgrounds. Mm. He's working and putting himself through school and can't rely on other people for living expenses, whereas my parents have been covering me since day one and I just work for my university on a part-time basis. So already we're coming from very different sides of the coin. I never thought it would be an issue because we connect over many things and teach each other new things. However, I sometimes feel like he dismisses my feelings, makes me feel bad and doesn't follow through on his promises. Mm. I've been very vocal about the importance of going on dates, getting flowers or gifts and wanting to go to church together because those are my standards and what I appreciate in a relationship. And likewise, I've been trying to be patient and not push him too much about these things. However, I feel like he's not interested or motivated and doesn't see these things as important or a way to get out of our own relationship bubble Mm. and around others. I've even gone as far as suggesting things that we should do or just simply asking to go on a walk on the beach with me. I'm a coastal babe, but he's never really keen. Am I wrong for not wanting to be with a guy who's never in the mood to just be outside with me or feels like a date is something that can only happen once in a blue moon? How can I go about portraying the importance of these things to me without making him feel less than or like I'm criticizing his financial situation? Mm. Love you guys and thanks in advance. I think that's quite an interesting dilemma. I don't think you're necessarily necessarily ignoring red flags. I think you're at such an early stage in your relationship that these are the kind of teething issues that you should be talking about. Where it's like, okay, we've experienced each other a bit here and there. And now we're, you know, aware of how we both act, what we're used to, what we like. And, you know, we've noticed some things based on how we bounce off of each other. And one thing that you've noticed is you actually want to go out more um, and you want to understand kind of where his head's at about that. How does he want to approach your date with, you know, with that being in mind, that is something that you desire, but also communicating why haven't we been going out as much or um, why haven't we been spending time in this particular way? Is there like an issue? Mm. Is there you know, how do you like to date as well? Is this how you like to date? Um, and kind of finding a middle ground and a compromise, but also understanding his reasoning behind it. Now, I do think there are some key issues here to kind of be addressed. Um, and that could be red flags. Right now, I feel like everything's amber until you have a real conversation. Yeah. One thing that I would say is this, when it comes to the finances, listen dating is expensive right and oftentimes especially if you are someone who you know doesn't split bills if we're just going to call a spade a spade (laughs) um it is hard for the financial responsibility to just be on one person so it could just be because you're from two different you know economic backgrounds that he's having a hard time kind of living not living up to but like paying for the dates that maybe you'd want or just paying for dates in general um assuming that he's kind of the one who's 
not doing as well financially or doesn't come from that um, economic standpoint. However, what I will say is you're trying to compromise by suggesting dates which are actually low cost, if not free. And if he doesn't want to cooperate with that, then it could be a question about whether he's being intentional about spending time with you. And that could be for many different reasons. He could feel as though he doesn't really want to, you know, be out and feel like, oh, we're doing something for free. I'm sure she's thinking, I wish I was, you know, somewhere a bit more high end Mm. right now. Um, And maybe feel the embarrassment or shame that comes with that, which is completely fair. But I think that's something that also needs to be addressed and something not even necessarily addressed, but something that needs to be expressed. Sorry. And I know it can feel very vulnerable and it can feel very transparent, but that's what relationships are. Um, so sitting down and having that conversation that is, you know, hey, babes, notice this. How are you feeling about <laughs> it? Um, why are you doing this as well? Why are you saying no? I think the part which could be a bit more unfortunate is if he just doesn't want to spend time with you and I would question how we got to this point if you in yourself have concluded this is potentially your husband right so if you haven't been spending a lot of time together how did you get to this conclusion that this is the man you want to spend your life with especially so quickly I would say that if you've been dating someone for three or four months and you've concluded this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with then my assumption is you spent a whole bunch of time together so if you aren't spending that much time together my question to you would then be have you come to this conclusion in haste Mm. and if you have I would say take a bit of a step back think a bit more logically about your actual compatibility and whether he is as committed to this as you are and also whether you have seen enough of his character close up because it's one thing to have phone conversations with somebody and you know ask them all the questions and they give you the right answer and actually then seeing their character play out through real life situations Mm. right and real life case studying like you actually in the field of life how does he interact with people how does he interact on dates how does he interact with new challenges that are presented if you go and you do activities how does he problem problem solve right all of these different things how does he treat you what is what are his mannerisms do his eyes wonder when he's with you and you don't look at no but these are things you can't see on a facetime call do you get what i mean but they could highlight things that you need to be that need to be addressed um and i would highly recommend you go and listen to last week's episode if you haven't already where Mm. we were sharing about lessons on love and a lot of what we were talking about was about the character of a person and how the character of a person needs to be observed up close so for me there's a bit of a disconnect as to how you've come to you know he's the one and also we're not spending enough time together um and I would ask then, is it a recent change? And if it is a recent change, then it's probably, there has been a catalyst of some kind or something to cause this to happen. And I would ask him about that um, and just have a very, you know, nurturing environment that says you know you can be honest here and I really want to hear it so that we can move forward I want to hear why you may not be wanting to spend as much time together why you've been saying no to the things that I've offered and give specific examples as well when I said let's do xyz you said xyz yeah um, and I just want to know why um this is becoming a bit of a pattern that I'm noticing and also you know this is how I and it, it will probably open up inevitably open up a conversation about dates and what dates look like for you both and I think it's worth just communicating to each other these are my expectations but also this is how I can or cannot meet those expectations and like I said finding a middle ground that Mm. allows your relationship to progress because it sounds like it has great potential Mm -hmm, here mm -hmm. um so something that allows your relationship to progress but also addresses these things which could easily become mountains if you don't 
point to them right now. For sure, for yeah. sure. Absolutely, completely, comprehensively agree. Thank you very comprehensively much. Comprehensively agree, yeah. I definitely echo a lot of what Courtney has said. Um, I think I would also add, like, you're actually still quite young mm. in that you said that both of you are in university. Mm. So I'm assuming that, you know, the pressure of exams, for example, the pressure of um, actually being a student is something to consider. Mm. And I think whilst you come from different economical backgrounds or rather financial backgrounds that doesn't always necessarily determine the outcome of the individual mm. so i That's definitely good. understand why he would be a bit more cautious during this time especially with his money considering that he's putting himself through school mm. um and it definitely is a privilege to be able to you know worry about your not have to worry about rather your school fees or worry about certain um, other pressures that may have been alleviated by having parental um, assistance intervention. So I think there is still a little level of like understanding that may be needed. And I think him being a guy as well, obviously we know that there's so many material and financial pressures on men um, in general in this society. I do think that it would be beneficial to, and I know you've done this already, but it would be beneficial to cleave onto that understanding mm. a little bit more mm. and give just a little bit of grace, especially considering considering you guys are still really, really young yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And also, um, absolutely love what you were saying around like identifying the red flags. And I think also just bearing in mind, y'all have been dating for three, four months mm. and <laughs> husband material. Like, look, I know that the spirit be moving and discernment sometimes gives you that, ah, oh, that's my man. But I think all things considered, three to four months and you're in the context of university, which yes. is a confined period Ooh. of time and dictates a lot of your life. Um, and we'll, this will utterly transform when you get out of education i think it would be worth like taking your time with yeah. this one a little bit more and having those conversations with your boyfriend um preemptively of course and being like look i know that you're you know currently under a lot of pressure we're both under a lot of pressure especially being in university but knowing your current like situation and whatnot i want to have some conversations around like future planning yeah. right so yeah. what does life after university look like does he is he thinking about you know post university what he would like to do what he'd mm. like to be how he'd like to potentially um financially secure himself um and i think even this whole notion of him being your potential future husband mm. sometimes that can add a lot of undue stress and pressure especially at this period mm. and this is not to say that you can't look at him as your future husband but i think sometimes when you have that in your mind it starts to actually manifest in the way that you engage with them and 100%. that can actually really impact your relationship yeah so i think there's definitely an opportunity there for you to sit down and just have not just one conversation but multiple conversations mm -hmm. because again three four months that's pretty early girl i ain't gonna lie to you like take your time with it especially yeah. the current life stage that you both are at um and try and figure out why he might have some hesitance around the dates right like yeah. really dig deep is it that you know he doesn't want to do these things chances are he probably does want to do these things at least for you or he wants to um I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a lot of good grace. I yeah, don't know this man. Yeah. So, you know, you could be completely right. Yeah. But I think it's worth exploring. Why is this his reaction to you bringing up these dates or um, suggesting spending time with each other? Is there something else going on in his life right now, which could be perfectly possible and perfectly plausible? So I think or even in your even approach, implausible. exactly. Even in your approach, when you're engaging with him, it's very much a, hi, I, I really want to understand you better. I want to support you better yeah. if I can. And I really want us to work. So prefacing and framing your conversations with him around those central tenets, mm. I think will ensure that it lands well and yeah. it's not probing, it's not attacking and it doesn't automatically facilitate a defense response from mm. him. Um, but other than that, girly, I wish you both all the best. University yeah, is tough, man. Yeah. And there's tough times out here. Yeah. And also I wanted to say, this could be the person that you 
think you'll end up with. Yeah. But because of the stage of life you're in, you may just have a longer road ahead of right. you. Just because you recognize somebody as, oh, okay, I think I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. I know um, some friends who met in university and have been rocking since the first Yo. year, like the f- freshest week. Like they have Crazy. been together since then, but it's taken a lot of working out because you can imagine between being 18 to 26, you've been five different people. You hadn't started a career when you met. Now you're navigating that. So it could be that this is the person you're going to end up with, but you're just not going to end up married now, right? So they also may not, just because you recognize him as your husband doesn't mean he's going to show up in the final form of your husband exactly. now, right now, as you've met him. So maybe also give your your both of you some grace and some patience. Um, and don't let don't start putting husband expectations on this 18, 19 year old man. Yeah. Young and yeah. Unless he's expressed that he wants that. Yeah. 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 So a little bit of grace, a little sprinkle. Um, but it's also good that you're having you know you're thinking about these kind of things because so often we can just be going with the flow at this age or going with the flow in university thinking yeah this is gonna experience that's how you get stis no shame sis we are sending you so much love we are praying that your relationship whatever the workings out are that it actually does work out and you do find a resolution that's best for both Mm. of you um and keep us updated we'd love to know how things go we would indeed if y'all get married, send us a, an invitation. We'd I love think to come. we deserve it at least. We'd love to come. Imagine if there was like TMS weddings. Like, oh my gosh, you know, based but on your they can't really like they would they wouldn't have met the brothers. That's true. Yes, it's not really a TMS Aww. wedding. Aww. We're just coming to support us. Yeah, we're just coming to support. But can we come as supporters? We because I like a good wedding. Do I do. Any, um, in advance, wedding invites. Any real ones, not the fake ones that no. have been going along no. online. Wait. What? People have been having fake weddings and inviting folks as a event. I don't understand. So you know that traditional weddings? Yeah. They will throw a traditional wed. Yeah. And invite people to come. So just, but no one's getting married. It's, so just, it's just for a the, big hall party. Yeah. I'm for it. I'm for it. I'm for it. We don't need the guys though. If you tell me come to a hall party, I'm coming. Uh, we need to bring back Viva Hall Party. Thank you. you. Remember, I yeah, never we went need to, to a Viva bring Hall back party, yes. but like just hall parties in general. We need to bring back hall parties. Please. Like, we've become too sophisticated for I'm our own life. I'm telling you. Honestly, and I've actually like, guys, there's an active become... campaign I'm working on in my personal life, which is we need to throw a hall party. And everyone's conclusion is because we are not as community minded as a, the previous generation, right. it wouldn't work. It would just be too costly. And I actually completely hear it. But I really want one, uh-huh. and I know everyone's like, "Well, then you throw one." I don't have the funds for that I specific issue right there. But even with the whole party, I feel like if it if it's community based, I feel like there's places we can cut corners. For but this, you know what I mean? And like, this is what I'm saying. So I need all of us collectively I need all the to aunties, want it, the aunties need and to then come us back. to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you get what I mean? Because remember, it'll be like auntie that will make your dress. Someone you after will make you. Jollof. Somebody has brought the material back from overseas. That's all we need community engagement TMS hall party I think we can make soon. it happen should we have an all girl hall party TMS all girl hall party guys would you come let us know actually let us know if you come because I've we'll been wanting it, you know. to find a we'll reason actually, to throw no, it we'll do it you know I want, I want there to be a material I want yeah, everyone to yeah, come yeah, in yeah. That, like well, I everyone want to it. come in their cultural dress and stuff yeah because I need even my I need all my Asian sisters to come out too that'd Bro, be great listen um, so I recently watched a film what's it called oh, forget it I, I need you guys to before. come clutch because the outfits yo the looks they the makeup all of us we even the routines yeah washing different all of us. asian sister come and represent your cultures we need to see it not us doing around the world okay whole party just we'll do a poll just yeah please we'll do a poll. please just we'll do it. yeah 
Was it? Yeah, because maybe 2025. Yeah, yeah why not? For no yeah, reason at big all. Big hall party. Big yeah, hall yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming with those. You know those uh the Nigerian trads where they the corset. Hundred <laughs> percent. Have you seen those corset where the especially Guardian brides these days the yeah. corset they're it's like <laughs> looking like if you breathe just literally you break. are about to pass out. It is well, shall we're coming anyways <laughs> from the side track back into the main road. The influencing, the oh, look at us, we're even influencing the sisters, the influencing, the influencing, yeah. and um, overconsumption. And we're also going to be talking about quiet luxury, all right. Yet again, another trend on the social media. And just for context, for those who have heard these terms and are kind of like, what the hell does any of yes, this stuff please. mean? De-influencing is allegedly the practice which is opposite to influencing. So you know how influencers um, encourage us to purchase products or are part of marketing campaigns and whatnot to get us invested in specific brands. De-influencing is all about trying to get rid of the clutter, minimalism at Mm. its base. But then also there's a thread of de-influencing, which is basically reverse influencing and telling people what not to purchase mm. so any kind of items that we think are like useless worthless mm. all that kind of stuff de-influencing mm. get rid of it mm. Overconsumption, sisters you may be you know pretty well versed in overconsumption. then that's basically consuming more than you need yeah way more and then lastly there's a trend that's been going on on the tiktok streets called uh, quiet luxury which is a again alleged reversal of current trends around displaying your wealth so yeah. very much classic yeah underrated yeah. understated kind of fashion and etiquette mm. um going towards a more simple yeah. you know look and aesthetic very much in keeping with the uh current soft life aesthetics and um clean girl looks mm, and whatnot mm, mm. so so now that the context has been set yeah. and you know the inventory has been laid miss courtney hi the influencer yeah I would love to hear your thoughts, especially as somebody that's actually a content creator in yeah. more ways than one. So obviously she comes and graces us with her wonderful presence and her Screaming. insights to my sisters. But Miss Courtney is also a well-seasoned content creator yeah. on YouTube yeah. streets. If you are listening to this podcast for the first time or you've been a long-term listener and you have not subscribed to CDB, then we have an issue. Mayday, Mayday, SOS. Get out of here um, and come back once you subscribe. <laughs> but Mm. i wanted to hear your thoughts on the concept of the influencing and whether you think first of all is it like a legitimate thing like do you think that is do you think that is something that stop it your face is already given do you think that is something that the sisters should be paying attention to Mm. do you think it's an important reversal or it's an important um response to influencing especially because influencing as much as you know you often talk about how positive the internet can be yeah, yeah. there are a lot of haters of influencers yeah, yeah. and they continue to grow in numbers oh, and in strength in in ar- there is an army of anti-influencers yeah. so de-influencing do you think that this is an effective tool to combat combat influencers mm. do you think influencers need to be combated, combated. in the first place <laughs> like I think it's so interesting how this has evolved and come about. Mm -hmm. And as someone who loves um, kind of commentating on influencer culture and our relationship with the internet and like digital sociology, I think it's important for us to recognize a few things here. One, influencers don't need to be combated. (laughs) Bad influencer practices need to be combated, Right. right? And you do that through, yes, discourse, but also through addressing the complex 
The complex processes by which some of the bad behavior of the influence and culture even comes about in the first place. Absolutely. So things like advertiser disclosure, like actually saying this is a paid partnership. Those are practical ways to say, listen, some of the bad things that happen where people are pushing products, but they're not disclosing that, hey, I monetarily gain from this advertisement. That's right. a great way to stop something like that from happening. And then there's the wider discourse, which we often engage in. For example, like the self-image or body image mm. issues. Mm -hmm. and the body standards that it sets are problematic and people not disclosing things like they've had surgery are problematic and then equipping people with the tools to be able to engage well with the internet I think that's very positive and I think everyone is you know everyone's entitled to having their own opinion and creating their own their own platform the reason why I feel like de-influencing sometimes goes too far is it steps beyond just highlighting these negative parts of influencer culture just like there are negative parts of Mm -hmm. any social practice like anything to do with society engaging with people and like institutions of some kind if you consider the internet an institution there's going to be bad practices that happen that need to be discussed and then addressed and mitigated right but sometimes I think with this, this is the perfect example, especially those people who are telling you what not to buy. This is the perfect example of using the master's tools to dismantle the master's Exactly, house. exactly. You cannot become an influencer by telling people and your like your full influence is based on telling people to unfollow influencers. Because what will happen inevitably, and I see this often, is people then begin to monetize off of that following and they just become a different kind of influencer. And it seems avant-garde. It seems nuanced. It seems completely new. It literally seems so um, nouveau that people forget this, there is nothing new under the sun. This is the same old pony in a different wig. Next thing they'll be telling you is, oh, you know what? If you want to know more about de-influencing, you need to read this book. And then it just becomes about influencing you to just go down a different path. Mm. And I think it's important for us to be discerning yeah, of that, yeah. right? That when pe- when it comes to building social platforms, especially when most of your social platform is about tearing down other social platforms all that you're doing is still building up your social platform it's the pot calling the kettle black and i'm i'm not saying necessarily that there's not a place for it but i think there needs to be more tact and also more um more sophistication Mm. when it comes to doing it that's the word i'm looking for more sophistication when it comes to doing it because i think it is attention grabbing Mm. like you need to unfollow this person you need to stop shopping at this brand okay cool but where are you directing the people to because we cannot whilst we are going to discuss and we need to be careful about overconsumption, Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. cannot consume nothing yep we are human beings we consume we We actually consume things we eat food we go to places we commune we wear clothes right and so no let's be honest do you get what i mean like how far is this the influencing thing going to, right, do, to right, go right, right, like right. is it just to try and encourage people to shop generic like what thing, is it do you get what i mean Absolutely. in a capitalistic world you're going to have marketing budgets you're going to have marketing because you have brands and because you have individual privatized corporations Absolutely. and those marketing budgets especially as we see the advancement of the digital world and technology are going to include digital influencers they are going to include digital brand ambassadors in the form of 
influencers mm. and social content creators. What I think is a more sophisticated thing to do is to point people on how to navigate the internet mm. and navigate consumption in a healthy and responsible way, right. which also does not take away their autonomy by making them reliant on you, right? Come I think what's dangerous is oftentimes people who come with the whole, I'm gonna help you get out of the rat race. I'm a da-da-da-da-da. They're just making people followers of them. They're just taking people and, you know, people who have also you know, they've become influenced mm -hmm, by people mm -hmm, and they mm -hmm. have become followers, which is fine because we are all, I consume social media on a daily basis. I have my fav favorite people. If someone says, go buy this, I'm buying it. Um, yeah, she said it. That Mel's wardrobe. I cannot, you can count how many things you see me on this podcast Mel's because Mel's wardrobe. wardrobe, Mel truly made I'm me do it. it. And also Aaliyah's face. Yes. So many people have influenced me. Yeah, let me be honest with you. However, I think it's important to just equip people with the tools to say, I agree. This is how you navigate the internet right, world. Right. This is how you, especially if it's like, oh, don't buy clothes from this specific brand. You're still going to have to point people Into to where the they can buy, they exactly, go. where they can buy clothes in a more sustainable way, exactly. in a way that um, supports fair practices, in a way that isn't driven by overconsumption and is mindful. But because we are human beings who consume and we live in a capitalistic privatized world, we are going to need to consume something and you're going to just have to teach us how to navigate that well. Absolutely. According to the morals which you are outlining, mm -hmm. but you cannot completely make people divest from everything and think that you're being revolutionary. This you're being dumb, especially if no, especially if you are using social media to do it, then which are privatized, privatized platforms. I'm confused. Like I, I think the issue here isn't necessary. Maybe not the intention. I'm going to assume all of you have good intentions. Good intent, yeah. Um, the issue here isn't the intention intention it's the execution. And the fact that social media works the way it does, I think this kind of activism, if we can call it that won't work very well on social media platforms because social media is it's literally um, constructed to cause a hierarchy of some kind. Yeah. The followers, the influencer. This and even if your influence is about de-influencing, you still are in that model. You still are in that hierarchy. Um, so, yeah. This is it. I think, I love what you were saying because in my mind, when I think of like de-influencing, yeah. I feel like it is the wrong name for a particular type of movement that is striving towards achieving minimalism, yeah. but also sustainability, yes. which I think are better terms to describe the aims and intention of de-influencing, right? It's to provoke a more conscious, um, committed yeah. force community of people when it comes to their consumerism and um, some of their actions and the way that they you know, interact with different yeah. products and interact with the marketplace. I think the problem with de-influencing comes with the fact that it is almost scapegoating influencers and mm -hmm. like you said as much as influencers have their part to play in some of our structures and power dynamics i think this whole term of de-influence it just doesn't sit well with me because a majority of like super popping influencers are actually women mm -hmm. so it's just like and, and I know that there have been traditional um, disdain towards women that are super popular yeah. influencers. 
um, as like shallow or, you know, we, we often 100%. demonize influencing as an industry, as mm-hmm. something that's quite shallow and quite restrictive and something that's actually not a serious profession. Mm-hmm. So I think adding to the fuel to the fire of having something like de-influencing mm. further delegitimizes the work of a lot of women within 100%. the space, which is very unfortunate because I think that as much as there are issues within the influencer industry that do need to be combated, and I do think that there is a responsibility on behalf of us as consumers as well as those as influencers Mm. as um producers and pushers of products i do think that we do also need to take up our mantle Mm -hmm. of that personal responsibility Mm -hmm. when it comes to who we are allowing to um, penetrate our choices and our decisions when it comes to purchasing who are we allowing to impact our purchasing power and i think that it's not always on the it's not influencers that are going to do this for you. And this whole de-influencing, I don't know, there's certain videos that I've watched and I'm just like, this seems mad spiteful. Influencers, yes, they have, you know, pushed products and yes, sometimes it's cringy, but it's like, there are also positives to Mm -hmm. influencing. There have been some really, really good things that have occurred as a result of popular influencers using their channels and their platforms for good. And I would hope that rather than trying to tear that down, we're actually finding a way to integrate these things that have been created in society, integrate these platforms that have been created by um, influencers for social good. So I do think that there is a little bit of like self-awareness that's required when we are pushing the de-influence it like even the word de-influence is like we're trying to remove and it's like no it's better to improve than to remove because we can't deny we can't deny that with social media the reality is there will be influencers there will be people that you'll see online and they're popping they're funny they're pretty i'm gonna follow them it's almost like um you know, like high school, mm-hmm. the popular folk and it's giving me mean girls vibes yeah. where it's like, oh, this is my opportunity to be a mean girl. Yeah. This is my opportunity to take and reclaim power. Yeah. And it's like, are we reclaiming power back from the right people? Ooh, like, is on. this where we actually should And are we putting the it then into the right hands? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Is this where we should really spend yeah. the vast majority of our energy? And we need to be very, very careful. And this is why... Um, we often talk about communication, the power of articulation, the power of critical thinking, being able to articulate these things well is just as important as articulating them. The delivery is almost as important, if not more important than the content itself. Because as soon as you say something, exactly. As soon as you say something like sustainability, it's like, ah, I get it. As soon as you say something like consumerism, ah, I get it. As soon as you say minimalism, I get it. When you say something like de-influencing and because it's a new term as well, you give a small amount of people the capacity to define what that looks like. And the unfortunate thing about that is it then diverts attention, it Mm -hmm. diverts energy, Mm -hmm. but also diverts power. 100%. And again, power is... I think sometimes when we think about power, we demonize power because we often think of, again, many majority of us will exactly operate within a capitalist um, setting. So we have seen power been misused and we see um, and have normalized power as something that is inherently problematic Mm. and inherently um, results in exploitation inherently. Um, And I think it's unfortunate that our response to that is to remove rather than to improve. Yeah, that's really good. And I I love that. Like the transfer of power is really important to look at and inspect because you can you can take power away from influencers and the power of their voices or right. their actual influence, let's say. Um, but are you putting it into the hands of the consumer, the viewer, the follower, or are you taking it into your hands exactly. and in simply absorbing it for yourself and benefiting from that, even if it's just from 
the attention economy and the fact that people are watching you and those numbers speak to something. I think what's crazy is a lot of these people who have been able, which you're perfectly right in saying the majority of them are women because oftentimes men are called content creators. Women are called influencers. So let's just, that is annoying. But the majority of these influencers, because they are women as well, they have built a legitimate company and a legitimate um, stream of income and enterprise from the work that they are doing, which a lot of people actually benefit from. A lot of people go to influencers to get good reviews about what it is they are looking to purchase right and are already looking to be invested in that lifestyle anyway and are looking to these people for direction but I think what's important in terms of kind of equipping people with the tools to navigate social media and dealing with influencer content is letting people know that influencers are basically human billboards, right? Exactly. Just because you see a billboard doesn't mean you're being, you know, held to a guard. You have to buy it. You yeah, have to click yeah, the link. Yeah, you have exactly. to, no, no, no. You actually don't have to do anything. Any influencer paid part- partnership or advertisement is an advert. Like it's just an advert. The same way when you're watching TV and somebody has put an advert in between the content, it doesn't mean you now have to go on your phone and buy fairy liquid. Do you get what I mean? Or buy, you know, that Hoover. You don't have to purchase, but it is an advertisement. And I think a lot of people are operating under the um, idea mainly that the only way influencers make money is through affiliate linking mm. and the fact that if you click and if you buy they make money right. but actually a lot of the influencers who get criticized are influencers who are being paid by the brand and as people who want um people to get paid their dues and actually get paid for their work it's better for the price tag to be on the brands because the brands have the budget do you get what I mean? It's like, I think of someone who I love on TikTok, Keith Lee, right? Yes. Love Keith Lee on TikTok, great, great, right? Great. It warms my actual heart to see how much his life has changed by building a platform mm. and people trusting his influence, exactly, right? Exactly. If we want to de-influence things, we actually take money out of people's pockets, which didn't necessarily come from us when we've already consumed their content, right? And I think that that to me becomes a bit more troublesome, especially as we live in, we're living in a democratized digital world. It's so nice to see how many people have been able to build a life for themselves, Mm. just making content, not trying to bamboozle anyone, not trying to have bad motives, but genuinely because they applied this as a business business model and they have provided value to their digital community I think one thing that people forget when it comes to dealing with influencers is they think that because the influencer has monetized they themselves are just being exploited yeah Yeah. but one thing you need to remember is the influencer was the one who actually made the first move by giving you the content there's this tweet that I remember um seeing I used to be a big fan of JME, the BBK no, rapper, Skepta's brother. Really? Yeah, I used to love BBK. I used to love JME. We shared the same birthday, actually. Wow, look Jamie at that. No, I that. Oh my gosh, we shared Hi. the same birthday. Yeah, to no, be fair, I, I, I really... Skepta, so. I hear it, but I think JME is dope. Like, in terms of it. just his talent, his flow, everything. I anyway, yeah, I just think, I used to think he was a really cool person. Um, I don't really follow him that much now, but I'm sure he's still a really sick person. Um, but with him I remember seeing a tweet that he posted where somebody was um he was tweeting about how somebody wanted spotted him when he was out and they wanted to take a picture yeah and um he was like I'm kind of like not in the mood to take a picture whatever and he was just like if I if I see you or if you see me outside and you want to take a picture just be respectful of whether I'm in the mood if I'm with family friends blah 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 blah. and then somebody quote tweeted it or responded and was like 
we're the ones who like basically make you famous and we stream your music and all of that like what do you give us in return if we just ask for a picture in return like and he was just like I gave you the music They've already made the move. I gave you the content. I gave you the music. I gave like you, you the art. Public property Do you get what I mean? That. I actually don't. After that, I gave you the art. You responded. I don't owe you anything after that. Do you get what I mean? Anything else I do is out of the goodness extra. of my heart. It's extra. Do you get what I mean? Sometimes I think people think influencers are literally just expecting us to make the first move where it's like buy this thing and now they owe us a thank you now they owe us a this now they owe us this and it's like no they actually gave you the content right first. right, right. the right. content for you to engage with yeah. and that content is doing more than just selling you something for a lot of people and i'm not just talking about ads here i'm talking about general content yeah, yeah, yeah. even if it does feature an ad that content is people's entertainment and yeah. stuff like that like as much as we're shouting de-influence de-influence i feel like people are doing it because they can target a person whereas if you talked about you know i don't know de-advertise you right. would have to come against the nba you would have to come against the super bowl you would have to come against all of these tv stations which partner with brands to spend their marketing budgets right how far are we actually going to go with this thing we can't go that far with it and yeah. just because it's a new model and a very modern model which we haven't you know seen for maybe more than a decade or 50 like influencer marketing how old is it as a as a form of income right um it's not that it's big. really not that it's old. not that old sorry but the marketing budget seems so crazy at how exponentially it's growing and it's like i get that that could provoke people to be like ah we need to investigate this trend mm. and the effects of it but i think again it comes down this to the sophistication and the language we then attribute to that conversation Absolutely. because if we're not careful we will not only de-influence we will actually de demonize like we would right. demonize i mean it's people. literally already started even exactly. i love that you're talking about content because i genuinely think that people don't see content as work especially oh. if you're not a content creator oh my it's like, god <laughs> i know i'm speaking because we've spoken oh. about this so many times like guys content requires work as much as when we think influencer we often are oh, these scandalized when <laughs> when we think of content creators we often think of oh she's a model she takes photos and posts them online oh they just film themselves talking and post it online there is so much work being a content creator is basically like being cast producer editor you are your own marching band you are your own actual like entertainment company because content provides entertainment it provides information it provides education there's so many things that content does and mm -hmm. i want people to take content even this thing that we're doing to my sisters this is work like as much as we love it as much as it's something we enjoy in the same way that somebody is just may decide they want to be a doctor or whatnot that is a line of work mm -hmm. even if they enjoy it yeah. the same way that someone may go into the tech field because they really are interested yeah. in artificial intelligence that is still a line of work yeah. i think there needs to be a legitimization of yep. content as work as yep. something that is a labor it may be a labor of love yep. but it's still labor yep. and i think that it's unfair as much as we may dislike the model as much as i think of something like only fans right yeah there are a whole lot of people that are pissed at OnlyFans. Mm. And my stance is relatively neutral in the sense that you cannot stop anybody from doing what they want to do. Would I do OnlyFans personally? Nah, I'm not, you know, y'all ain't got to see my ass on the internet. <laughs> but that's sure. not all OnlyFans for is for. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. Y'all ain't got to see that. However, there are people that really enjoy what they do on OnlyFans. Yeah. There's a lot, there's so much content that you can create. And this is again, not me promoting OnlyFans, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm using that as an example because it's often the one that's the most controversial. Yeah. 
there's a lot of things that you can do on OnlyFans mm. and people are upset because the things that are produced on OnlyFans, because they are monetized and because they are seeing the types of people that they are seeing shoot to fame mm. and the types of people that they are seeing shoot to economic empowerment and stuff like that does not sit well with them. Right, 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 right. Less so that they, that they are actually outraged with the line of work or go. they're outraged with the content, but okay. it's more so... I am upset at seeing this person do well, doing what perceives to be mm. not work. Mm. In the same way for content creators, it's like, I don't perceive this to be work. Therefore, I'm upset that you are making a living off of it. Right. Or I'm upset because I feel like this is not a serious endeavor. Right. And I not only do I not think it's serious enough, I also think it's actually harmful what you're mm. doing to the greater, like, yeah. the greater society. Yeah, I hear that. However... I do think that we need to give credit where credit is due, at least as it pertains to content creators. What they're doing is a line of work. Mm -hmm. Work requires effort. Work requires um, creativity. It requires a substantive time commitment. And I think that de-influencing is harmful because it completely delegitimizes that. And I, I do think that like to take that a bit further, it's not necessarily then about the platform and the platform's model. I think there is a need to have conversations about our morality of certain content right. like that. But that, again, it's a language thing versus just coming at the creator or coming at the platform. Like the difference between OnlyFans and Patreon is literally just branding. Like right, it's literally right, right. just PR and what people have to say about it. As much as, yeah, it, like content creation is a job. And as someone who's been doing it for like five years, yeah, it's hard work for sure. However, no one is saying that you know being an influencer is the same amount of work or the same amount of impact as being a doctor being right. an engineer being all of these amazing things right but, but i think even, people, even then no I, I i it's like the same way footballers get so like paid so much more than doctors i know footballers train really hard but then like there's also saving the a life yeah, do you yeah, get what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. but then this brings us more so to a deeper conversation and I think the nuanced conversation is about how much we are invested in commercialism versus health yeah do you get what I mean like even our government isn't as vested in healthcare do you get what I mean but think about how much money privatized organizations make from health insurance when it comes Mm. down to it because we live in a world which is so privatized and commercialized we can literally make more money putting adverts on good health than we can from actually being healthcare workers right 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 you know what's even funny? Even funny about that is we can be influencers that are pushing healthcare like exactly products, and get paid more exactly, but Hilarious. get paid more. So this is more so an infrastructural conversation. There we go, there we this go. is about markets. This is about how much we are invested in brands and how much brands see us as um valuable consumers than it necessarily is about influencers who just take their slice of the pie for doing the work they've been contracted to do because this is inevitably part of marketing do you get what i mean so you can it's the same way you can be pissed that you know footballers are getting paid millions every year in order to kick a ball around a field i know it takes so much more to be an athlete blah 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 but that's because they work in the entertainment industry and because of how much we are invested in entertainment there is a thriving economy there that is to be distributed against the different stakeholders in those industries and it's the same thing with digital influencing because we are so invested in products right. social media is going to push product placed advertisement before us and they need people to make that content because we are engaging in content driven platforms 
influencers are going to take their slice of the pie because they are content creators and they are doing that work. Now, is it annoying that their four, five, six hours of work or however long it mm-hmm. takes them is getting them paid more than people who are putting years into saving people's lives? Yes, but that is not necessarily the game. Unfortunately, is the game. They're playing in it. The same way that capitalism, we are all unwilling or willing participants in capitalism and everyone is finding their place within that structure you can still then critique it but you have to understand to some degree that this isn't necessarily the issue of the individual Mm -hmm. this is an issue of the system and the field in which they are playing exactly and so this is a bigger issue around finances and the imbalance of what it is that we value or what it is corporations value governments value um and our society values and I do think that's a conversation worth having. But again, that requires nuanced and specific language, which doesn't demonize people, yeah. right? And which which criticizes the right people, which oftentimes isn't the content creator. Sure. The content creator already got their check. They did. We got to hold the corporations. But I think what is... If that... What is scary about that, and I think why people... Why less people do it is precisely the reason why a lot of people don't riot when it comes to the government. Yeah. Because their power is so pervasive, it can cause people to feel powerless. Yes. So what does one do when they are powerless? Well, in this society, they go for a scapegoat. Which makes it easier for them to divert attention. Exactly. But also feel heard, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but you've got to realise that's not really doing what you want it to do. Uh, in the y- first y'all got to rise up like the French. Um, <laughs> <laughs> French sisters. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one alone because I know you guys are dealing with your own issues. Yo, but you when really we think are. of when we think of the rioters, it's definitely the French that have a long legacy of, you know, down with the everything, to be fair, down with everything. Um, but I wanted to move on and touch really briefly on quiet luxury. Yeah. Because I think it comes part and parcel with this conversation of consumption. Yeah. And I think that the rise of quiet luxury has been symptomatic of an issue that has pervaded society for a very long time, yeah. which is when things become overly accessible, society retreats into what it knows best, which is how do I ensure that less people have access to this so that it is more valuable? Because quiet luxury, this whole notion of a soft life or like a soft aesthetic that is not super mainstream, mm. something that's away from the masses, this whole resurgence of um old money looks Mm. and whatnot. I think it's interesting considering that with things like social media, with things like um, entrepreneurship and technology, more people can make money and more people can access things easily. So I don't necessarily think it's a coincidence that, you know, some of the girlies are clutching pearls and some of the men them are like, yeah, we're not, we're wearing our britches and our tweeds and all that kind of stuff again. But I wanted to know your thoughts on like the resurgence of quiet Mm. luxury. Why... Or rather, what is the purpose of its resurgence? Why mm. do you think people are now buying into this whole idea of quiet luxury? Mm. I think it's exactly what you said. It's something to differentiate you from the perceived masses. And that allows you to kind of one up people. You know, yeah. it's just, again, a perpetuation of a hierarchy and finding yourself in a different category to other people and a way to say, okay, yeah, I'm rich by like, I ain't new rich. Yeah, I got money, yeah, yeah, money, or yeah. I'm not distasteful rich, yeah. you know, or I'm not um like these people who just became rich on the internet. Like a mine is from a legitimate source. Like I work in whatever M and A or whatever, and it's like okay, that's really nice. Like I think it's it's nice that you've got that going for you. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you know when someone's about to tear your singlet that's cool. yeah no no i love that you've got that going for you but what i hate is when other people when you're using that to then push down or tear down other people's aesthetic right. and make them look less than as if they're less competent as if they are less worthy of what right. they have as well as if they are less rich than you um and not realize that everyone is going to deal with their riches however they want to right the same way people are out there criticizing billionaires who are buying planes the same way you are there saying somebody who's wearing that you know gucci this uh, prada t-shirt then louis vuitton belt and then <laughs> her best <laughs> shoe and, you get, <laughs> i'll tell you i have a dead machino shoe <laughs> <laughs> Just monograms everywhere. She just did different, just. different things. You get <laughs> what I mean? The, the cap as well. <laughs> Literally, like, God. the same way you're criticizing that. Like, it's very much a, a desire to dictate what is tasteful. And I think tastefulness in itself is something that often is discussed when people are trying to cover up their classism right. and a way to make people kind of othered, right? Like, oh, you know, yeah, they've got money, but it's not tasteful. It's exactly. not tastefully used. And it's a way to differentiate new money versus old money. And it's very great Gatsby-esque. Like you, it's just creating this club of your, you can't sit with us. You know, we look down on you. And I mm. think that that's something that People do inevitably, because if you go back and listen to our conversation about why do you want what you want? Like, right. it's like the economy class thing, right? It's like, I'm not in economy, I'm in business. Okay, I'm not in business, I'm in first. Do you get what I mean? I'm not in first, I'm in the the whatever I'm suite. The like, this, do you get what I mean? Point. It's like, it's okay, flying. cool. All these different social stratas that we're trying to fit ourselves into. And then we're even dividing them into thinner and thinner lines mm. that say, okay, but I'm here. Like, right. I'm exactly pinpointed this high up oh, in the hierarchy. Because that's so true. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not third class. I'm third class B. Yeah, <laughs> not third class C. Okay, get it, get it, get it that right. So funny. Um, and I think that process of stratification is something that we do internally, sometimes yeah. subconsciously without thinking. Where we're just like, oh, you know, I don't want to be associated with these people. And women do it, men do it, society does it in general. And I think we need to be careful of that because we don't want to rob people of one their own unique experience and their ability to just be individuals and two our ability to just mind our business Absolutely. i think so many people are invested in other people's business so bad why do you care if i'm wearing a million different designers Honestly, now is it truly. offensive to my eyes yes <laughs> but my choice now is to look away <laughs> am i personally affected though by you wearing all of this stuff absolutely no. not you know and me also having my own personal style is very much my own personal right absolutely and so I think it's good but I think when it becomes a problem it's the same with the clean girl aesthetic I said the same thing it's good if you like that aesthetic for yourself right. but don't start pushing it as so intrinsically linked to people's value and their worth and then start snubbing your nose at people who do not adhere to that because ultimately it's just a trend the same trend, way baby. that people are now doing oh you want a bag that has a hidden logo you know that hidden wealth that quiet luxury those are the same the people once everyone world. has the same um monochromatic purple bag somebody's gonna come out they're gonna come with one monogram that one. has uh, they might even tattoo it on their face Bro. and that will be the new trend so just be careful when it comes down to following trends even those that you perceive as good um oftentimes conversations especially when they become redundant they inevitably evolve and as we have seen the resurgence of like 
like people just, you know, buying and investing in luxury pieces and that becoming more accessible, inevitably the conversation is going to evolve. And it's going to go back to that same thing of, oh, let's go back to like in the 60s when no one could really tell who was rich or your wealth was demonstrated like this. We're going to be back to the whole new wealth thing very soon. Hamsters on a bloody wheel. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just think it's a bit mean. Like it just generally is just very mean. It's that association with wealth that people are so preoccupied with, right? This whole notion of first it was the, you know, get as many designer things as possible because that's what we associate with wealth. Now it's be quiet about it because that's what rich people really do. They don't go out here wearing all of these like brazen designer goods. And it's like, when will we rest with our preoccupation with being so close to wealth? Not even like, Mm, obviously there's the, exactly, not even necessarily the acquisition of wealth, but just the proximity to wealth, Mm. right? In pure aesthetics. Mm. It's not even a, oh, I want to like make wealth. Mm. It's a, as I'm making wealth or as I'm in pursuit of, you know, trying to be part of the upper class, I want to look that like I'm part of that class mm. as much as possible. Like the human need for social acceptance has gone so, so far, far that we just want to touch the hem of the world. <laughs> touch the hem. I just want to look like I'm associated. I want to look yeah. like I'm branded with the yeah. wealth rather than actually being wealthy mm. and allowing ourselves to have wealth dictated to us yes. in this manner, right? Yes. Like. I often, like, when I think of, like, folks that are super, super wealthy, I just, I know they're probably looking at the rest of society, like, you, I, is why? We don't have, we don't think about these things. Absolutely. And maybe, of course, that's a privilege afforded to um, the wealthy by privy of the fact that they actually do yeah. have money. But it's like, must we spend so much of our life thinking about how we present to other people yes. as well, right? Because obviously... And don't get me wrong, social acceptance is actually important. 100%. It's a necessary thing. 100%. But social acceptance to the point where we are actively allowing ourselves to run like hamsters on a wheel to look socially, quote unquote, acceptable. Not even socially acceptable. To look like something we're actually not. not. Yeah. It's a bit long. Yeah. Like, it's actually fine. Outside of... And look, if the things that we see as quite luxury work for you, mm. like if they're actually things that you like and enjoy and if you have a utility for these things then by all means go and invest do your things no one is saying don't buy luxury item no one is saying don't buy quiet luxurious goods even this whole notion of quiet luxury is just reeking of classism sometimes because it's like quiet luxury so what is loud luxury i didn't know that luxury could be loud i just thought luxury was luxury now there's stratifications in luxury the human need for social acceptance is constantly fighting with the human need to stratify to separate to be the person on top and i think that we need to manage our expectations and allow people to simply exist yes like it's uh, actually okay hashtag this is the new trend no and that's the thing like it's an attempt ah. to make a trend and a standard of personal choices. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the that's one of the most dangerous things about social media in our area, in our era, the standardization of personal choice. Exactly. Like I've made a personal choice. Your favorite influencer has made a personal choice that I don't want to wear my hair like this anymore. Yes. Or I don't want to buy these kind of bags anymore. And now it's, oh my God, we all have to change. Uh-uh, was it a mandate? It wasn't a mandate. Did we it miss wasn't the a manifesto dropping? And I think that's also a note to influencers and maybe why this de-influencer thing has some validity to it, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. do not standardize your personal choices, right, exactly. right? Don't make them law or don't make them a, oh, you know, I've, I've stopped dyeing my hair this color because I just think it's, you know, 
I just think it's ratchet. If you are going to do that, then give a disclaimer that says, but if your hair is red and you like it, then that's you. But for my personal choice, I think X, Y, Z. And I don't want you to now think you have to do the same. Um, And I, I know people will be like, oh, but influencers, you know, we say all the time, right? They don't owe us anything. They don't owe us disclaimers. But I think if you are caring for your digital community, then you do have to question the um, said and unsaid things that may shape the way they engage with you and then choose to go and live their life. I do think that that is a social responsibility of some kind as a thought leader, as somebody who people are watching and maybe learning from, you know, if you are going to take that AdSense money and you are going to let them click the affiliate links, then at least care for their mental health and their pockets, child. Um, So I do think it's worth just looking at what you're accepting as the standard when actually it could just be someone's personal choice. And I think that's why we then become outraged when it's like, oh, another influencer has changed their mind on something. And it's like, wow, I really orchestrated my life according to the last thing that you said and it's like but who told you to do that like so influencers don't position yourself as experts don't position yourself as god either um and as people don't think that just because they are your favorite influencer they are the standard yes be inspired but more importantly be inspired by their autonomy Mm -hmm. be inspired by their own self-awareness and their own self-growth and the responsibility they take for them thriving be inspired by that and start practicing that in your own life right thought leadership but we need y'all to think yeah you're you you need to be you but also as a consumer you need to be unique you need to be yo to be honest we've actually had requests to do like an episode on that and just like uniqueness standardization the fact that everybody's looking the same these days Mm. and to be fair i don't blame i don't blame people Mm. because the access to people has increased so much and so dramatically that it's not a surprise that trends come and go like that and it's not a surprise that people are starting to look like everybody else because we can see everybody else 50 60 100 years ago we could only see the people in our like communities and all that kind of stuff now it's like oh i go on the internet i see 10 millions millions of people all the time of course, we're all going to start looking the same-ish, you know, homogenization and whatnot. Mm. Um, but autonomy, uniqueness is your superpower, it sis. It really please, is. Embrace please. it, baby girl. Embrace it. But also sustainability. We have yeah. spoken about this at length yeah. in multiple episodes. We have spoken about be consumerism. For be for real. Um, money I make, but also you don't have to spend money like that. Money has you to be don't. kept. Money has to be kept. Nurtured, invested. Um and define luxury for yourself yes, right please. luxury doesn't need to be defined it doesn't need to be quiet it, it doesn't have to be loud it just needs to be you what mm-hmm. is luxury for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and don't allow external voices to dictate the beat of your own drum mm. allow it to potentially influence allow it to be a voice but don't allow it to be the leading yeah. voice right this or is where we voice. exactly this is where we all fall into ditches rabbit traps fox traps all all, all sorts of things down the road um, be encouraged by the fact that you are an individual yeah. and you can reject things that you see just because you see it doesn't mean that you have to follow it so sis we are encouraging you we are not de-influencing you maybe we're influencing you a little bit hopefully you trust but us. that's the thing right that's the thing it's like the reason why we can't come on these mics and be like yeah i follow your favorite influencers we are in some view influencers like let's be for we create real. content we are influencers you get, like um, let's actually be that's for what we do. real like 
don't be a hypocrite. Yeah. Like just don't be a hypocrite. Yeah. Just have nuanced conversations and find the language for what it is you're trying to articulate. Even if it is frustration. But you know what? To be fair as well though, we know that there are some folk that don't have the language to describe some of the things that they would like to see. 100%. And I think it sometimes results in miscommunication. Yeah. So I do think that the duty of care is not just in the articulation, but also in the collection of knowledge. Yes. So in order to articulate yourself better, I think because of social media, we're so quick to position ourselves as experts yeah. and so quick to influence that we forget, actually, we do need to do the work of being able to get to a place where we can articulate ourselves well, but also in a way that represents us, but also doesn't damage other yes. people. So I think there's a duty of care for influencers. And people may disagree depending on your industry and what level of, what kind of influencer you are. I'm not saying yeah. that everyone needs to go and get like educated at whatever, whatever. Mm -mm. But I do think there is a duty of care around if I am going to have the masses or yeah. some kind of community following me, I need to commit myself to continuing to have some kind of progressive learning as part Fact. of my influencing agenda. Fact. So I would implore all people that have a platform because this is why their stupidity has been allowed to prevail Rampant. on one too many platforms. One too many platforms. Stop. We implore you. We don't want the podcast licensing act to come in, but if it has to come in, we're going to enforce it. It needs to be stopped. So sisters, we would love to hear your thoughts on de-influencing, mm. overconsumption, mm. but also quiet luxury. Are you a quiet lux girl? Are you a babe that's into de-influencing? Are you a babe that's All into sustainability? But importantly, sisters, we are very much about building community and we can only do that sustainably. And we can only do that if everyone's got their, or at least committed to getting their heads screwed on mm. correctly. So if you are a sister that is watching the Two My Sisters podcast for the first time, or you are continuing to be a member of this wonderful community, you know what you should do in order to increase the sustainability of this movement? Follow us on all of our social <laughs> media that's right that was <laughs> oh god you know when you do a good segue you're help just like me guys help me courtney loves me look at that the deep love in her eyes right now she could never get <laughs> you know this is reminding me of the episode the last episode we did when you were like um you're not being you're not under duress <laughs> but you love Bridgerton now that I was right um, but sisters please come and follow us on all of our social medias if you mm. are looking for a wonderful content creator to follow and support you should follow the lovely lady lavish I looking, do try gorgeous lady who has thought provoking she absolutely does yeah. but has thought provoking interesting content for the modern day woman looking to mm. elevate herself Wowzers. miss at CB Barton YouTube me. Instagram Twitter every well not Twitter babe Babe is not. Everyone knows I ain't in those streets. Follow her and everything else there. And of course, come and follow me at Renee Kafuku on all platforms. Mm, follow so the funny. sisterhood at to my sisterhood mm, everywhere. 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 Twitter, LinkedIn, yep. Instagram, yep. TikTok. Yep. Everything that you everywhere. can think of, we're there. So everywhere. please, please come and follow us, support us, and keep in line with the sustainability angle that we are going for because yeah, we want this great. community to be sustainable and we we need you to achieve that for real and make sure that you sign up to our mailing list to get exclusive
exclusive blowing and growing tips sent straight to your inbox every week we do not lack when it comes to our newsletter sisters and we will not spam you we will just send you love on a consistent basis and who doesn't want consistent love in their life all right we hope that you have an amazing week and share your thoughts with us down below in the comments all right we'll talk to you very very soon and as always keep glowing and growing we're renee and courtney your online sisters and we're on a mission to help women across the world become the best version of themselves through the power of sisterhood that's why we've written to my sisters a guide to building lifelong friendship From working out how to achieve your dreams to setting boundaries and managing expectations, this essential handbook will show you how to fully embrace the power of friendship and community. Packed with practical advice and personal stories from our decade-long friendship, we'll give you all the tools and advice you need to find, make and keep lifelong friendship. To My Sisters is available now online and at all good bookshops. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.